Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast, the long-awaited returning Emerald Games Cast. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Alex, and I'm Janelle. And we've been we've been gone for like two since November. Since November, has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. This is the this is like the 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 hype sequel. We're bringing back all the old characters. Podcast reforged. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That. Yeah, let's hope it's better than that. Podcast reborn. Our hiatus is over. We're back. We're ready to talk about cool things like video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So if we had been here in December, I feel like we would have been doing what everyone else is doing out here at the end of 2019, talking about games of the year, maybe, dare I say, games of the decade. Wow, being... We haven't even thought about that. <laughs> you have not thought about games of the decade. Oh, I've have you? About that. Oh, constantly, every day. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's Death Stranding. Are you serious? The second game of the decade, yeah. It may not have been the best game that came out, but it was very culturally important. I feel like that's a bit of a recency bias. Uh, Okay, Fortnite. I don't know. know. (laughs) I'm just saying that nothing had quite the same effect as Death Stranding having years of weird trailers and everybody wondering what it was about. Sure, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like this embodiment of the 2010s being about games that we watch more trailers of than we play. Yeah. Just like think about them and read about them yeah, for yeah. for years. Even 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 Kojima's out here saying the game the game began before the game released. Yeah. yeah. His that. little trademark <laughs> hand wave. But but all that to say, we didn't get a chance to come in here in December and talk about what our games of the year were, but we are in here now and it's February first and damn it. Ample time. I'm yeah. not letting that chance slip me by. So I'm really curious, you guys. If you if you had to take 2019, and, and you had to pick, let's say, three. Where are you at? What's your 2019 look like? So I, I noticed a pattern with my, my games of the year, and each one was me. When I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, this looks dumb as shit. And then I played it, and it became one of my favorite games ever. So if I was to go from, like, the third favorite to the most favorite, I'm probably going to start with Untitled Goose Game. It's an unbelievably charming little sandbox stealth game um, that I think caught the internet by storm, and I also fell in love with it. I really enjoy that game. That game is super cute. I, I, I think it's super fitting that at PAX it was being displayed right next to the, the play date. Just like, here's some dumb video game things. Crank a little crank. Okay, but one of them was good and one of them was the play date. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is the play date out? I kind of forgot that it hey, I don't think it's out yet. Okay. I hope not. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? That thing's good. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we were excited for it when we recorded the episode on it. That I still am. I still am. I'm not. I'm not excited for it for one hundred dollars, though. Yeah, that's. I'll the buy thing. it for like. I'll buy it in a bargain bin. I'll crank it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so so you got Goose Game. Number Our three. Goose Game that's is number big, three. That's a big accolade yeah. for that indie game. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a they had a thing with the Muppets. Remember that at the uh, at the famous Game Awards. That was a nightmare. Yeah. You I, but that. you hate the Muppets. I do. They're wonderful little creatures. Anyway, what's your <laughs> second game uh, My second game of the year is Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> That Fuck game, yeah. I would, Hell yeah, 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 because yeah. I remember, I they, it was at the beginning of the year when they released it. It was like January, and I was watching it with my roommates, and we were like, "What the hell is this?" It was like a joke, Tetris Battle Royale, sounded like the dumbest possible thing, and I don't know how, but it works, and it's wonderful. Yeah, they they've found a way to make multiplayer Tetris even better. It's the best battle royale game that exists. You're you're not wrong. You're it's absolutely not wrong. I can't play it anymore because I started getting too mad. I think I've won it like four times, which. What happens when you get too mad? Are you like rage quitting? No, I no. Are you no, like smashing I, controllers? I get like really cocky, and like I'll win, and I'll be like, hell yeah, fuck yeah, I'm the coolest, I'm the best, and then like 
I'll lose at like 80 once and I'll go, well, that's my whole life. I should drop out of college. I'm <laughs> it's worthless. Time, it's time to retire. And yeah, yeah. It's weird. So I can't play that game anymore. You just hit your, your, your like career peak. Yeah. I, I saw Janelle get mad at Tetris 99, but it wasn't about not winning. It was about uh, we both we, we both failed to remember the deadline to get the Gooigi skin. Oh, that's for, right. For the for like the Luigi's Mansion 3 event. No, if I and remember, I put in the group chat that, oh, hey, this is here. You guys would be interested in that. And you guys were like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. This <laughs> has happened three times within our group that I can think of. Like, yeah, that's a recurring theme for me. Okay, before you say your number one, I have a question, though. Do you guys think that we should save our number one for the last round? Should we each do our first two and then come back and, and save the surprise? Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, let's yeah? do that. Okay, let's so, that. Janelle, so what are, what's your top three? Oh, man. Well, top two, and then. Come back to me. Okay. okay, all right. Literally, uh, it has changed every single day for the past week, mm-hmm. and I can feel the wheels turning in my head. Well, if you're okay. anything like me, I I started getting – I mean, I got a job in the beginning of 2020 <laughs> and started playing my 2019 games in, like, January. Yeah. So I actually have a lot of games that I didn't get to until recently, like um, – like like Disco Elysium mainly. I mean that that may have been my number two or even number one if I had played that earlier. Yeah, I'm completely with you. That game's phenomenal. So and I mean like to to segue into my list from that, can I break the rules slightly and say that Disco Elysium is an honorable mention because sure. it's not in my top three, but only because I've played um, only around eight ten hours of it. And how I'm, how long is it? Do you know? Oh God, I, I I couldn't say. I have not gotten far enough to find out, but the the game seems relatively contained, at least like locationally. It's not a huge map, and I've I've explored probably two thirds of it. Okay. But everything is so interlocking that I wouldn't be surprised if I came back to every place ten times. Um, so what, like a thirty forty hour game? Uh, I mean maybe, yeah. Maybe it's like impossible to say at this point in the game. Yeah, and there's so much side stuff. I mean, if you if you haven't. Uh, I only learned about it in, in recently, even though it had been in the press cycle for like two years, Jill. You, you saw it at PAX, right? Well, yeah. All I'm going to say is that I played it at PAX 2018 and fell in love with it. And then like a month before it came out, everybody else started talking about it. But I found it first. They you were ahead of the curve. Sponsor the there podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people listening probably haven't heard of it because it's not yeah. something that I think you would have heard of unless you like follow certain people. Um I got lucky because it has started showing up in podcasts that I listened to. But uh, everyone check that out. It's, a, it's like a RPG without combat. It's all dialogue-based. Every skill check is a dialogue check, and it's, a, it's all the, – the combat is social, basically. It's fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. It's gorgeous, and the mm-hmm. music is phenomenal, and the humor is actually really good. You yeah. can pet the mailbox. You can pet the mailbox. Uh-huh. The game starts like the humor is going to be really bad, but it is actually pretty good. Um, I will say, most important thing Disco Elysium did for me is <laughs> you can – there will always be people that will try and test your politics. Like people will try and ask you uh, who you support because part, part of the plot revolves around this big uh, labor union versus security versus scabs dispute that results in a death. And so a lot of people are really, really charged about this. And um, I've been avoiding like giving my player too much of an alignment but the game will track your responses regardless, and it assigns you one in the stat screen, but in percentages. So my game said, despite my best efforts to remain neutral, that I am 27% anarcho-communist and something <laughs> like 18% moralist liberal. According to <laughs> Disco Elysium, uh, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> so that's my honorable mention. But my list 
for the top three would go, okay, number three, I think I'm going to say judgment. Mm, okay. And um, Janelle, you, you know what I'm talking about. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We, we've been playing a lot of Yakuza. If you don't know what Judgment is, it's a spinoff game of the Yakuza series that sort of... What if you don't know what Yakuza is? If you, well, if you look, honestly, look it up. There's <laughs> a lot to talk about. Um, but it's a detective game. It's sort of like very... Uh, it The story kind of plays like one of those really cheesy, kitschy, like Japanese live-action TV dramas about like hard-boiled detective so it's like it's kind of like got a noir vibe but it's very tinged in that like j-pop sort of you know like bad boy aesthetic so it doesn't it's it's really unique um check it out it's been a good time number two for me death stranding okay yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's an easy number two we've talked plenty about that game so that's true i won't say more about it go listen to our death stranding we have an entire episode on it just about it yeah um So mine are cheats because these are both games that I have either played very little of or basically none of, but I've still experienced them in some capacity, which is usually watching Nolan play them on the couch. Okay. okay. But I do think that Outer Wilds is probably number three for me. That's the perfect game to not have to play and still fall in love with, if that makes sense. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That game's phenomenal. Didn't you just start playing that? I just started playing it. Yeah. Um, it, it looks gorgeous. I love how, like, charming it is. The acoustic, like, soundtrack and everything being made out of wood is just delightful. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around them, some of the, the, like, flight mechanics. I don't know if you ever picked those up and tried them, but... Is this the mouse controller thing? Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I'm a big baby. I don't like to play any first-person games on a key- on a controller, like a regular controller. I'd rather use a mouse and keyboard. But when the game starts, it says, oh, you sh- we suggest playing it with a controller. Because that's how you move around the ship, and moving around the ship is kind of difficult, for me at least. I don't know if you've gotten to try that, but... Not really. It's really weird and finicky. Um, I don't know how good Nolan was at at, at landing, but I, I died so many times just by hitting a, a planet at full speed. Um, I, I got pretty decent at landing by the end with the landing camera that you use. Um, it's sort of like playing the old Lunar Lander arcade game. Mm-hmm. Like you just appro- you know just do retro thrust and set yourself down. But the later I got in the game, the more I learned that actually, if you're going to be spending all of your time on a planet anyways, during that cycle, you can just crash and it won't, it won't even matter. <laughs> so I ended up just like wrecking my ship over and over and, um, <laughs> and then just waiting for the, for the sun flare and it, it just wouldn't affect anything. Yeah. There's, there's tricks. There's yeah. tricks. Yeah, that's a, that's a neat game. Mm-hmm. And Death Stranding is number two, obviously. It's the game of the decade, so it's obviously my number two. I know my list is full of cheats and garbage bullshit, but here's <laughs> no, the thing. I mean, no. your opinions are valid. My 2019 was mostly full of games that I that didn't come out in 2019. Sure, yeah. Most of the games that came out in 2019, I wasn't super interested in playing, and I just wanted to sit down and watch him play them. And I fell in love with them, but they're definitely games I probably wouldn't have picked up on my own. Interesting, okay. So, so yeah. Tetris 99 was definitely up there, but that was that was more of like game of the first half of the year for That's me. That's still the year. Uh, it's all I, one year. But I fell off of that so fast that like, you know. You know, like a brightly burning but short flame. Oh, with Tetris 99. Exactly. Sure, but like even like a story-based game, like if you play it for like 20, 30 hours, does that still count if it was at the beginning of the year? Sure. I'm just saying that like it didn't hold up for the whole year for me. I see. I see. Right. What I'm interested in, and, and listen, listen, listeners, listen, comma, listeners, we have an email. It's emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. You tell me, we have a friend 
that when she made her game of the decade list, put Metal Gear Solid 1 on it. And that came out in 1998. And so <laughs> I think that's some tomfoolery. And I want to know what you think about that. She <laughs> she was able to defend it. She was like, no, oh, she well, wasn't. She's like, oh, well, I played it in 2019. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. Then but. rephrase your list. <laughs> rephrase your list of games I played in 2019. I am calling upon the Democratic people of the Emerald Games cast to vote on if that's okay or not. And I don't know. Send us your game of 1998, honestly. Please. Do that in our email. We'll talk all about it if right. we can. So before we get into full kangaroo court here, do we want to talk about our, our number ones? My number one is yeah. a weird one. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast um, just because of when it came out. But I, I don't think so. It um, came out in 1998? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really love this game, and I didn't expect to love this game at all. Um, it's Dragon Quest Builders 2. Whoa. Yeah, Seriously? That, yes. I adore that game. That is a wonderful, wonderful game. And when I saw it, I was like, I don't want any of this anime Minecraft bullshit. These are like two of my least favorite things. I want but... blocky pixel Minecraft bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but this game somehow, it got its hooks in me, and it's just endlessly charming. It has the wonderful Dragon Quest writing, a story that was much, much more engaging than I was expecting, and characters that I enjoyed listening and talking to and being around. Um, it's just a wonderful, wholesome, cozy little game and community that I really, really enjoyed, and it blew me out of the water. I didn't expect to like it nearly as much as I did, a fraction of as much as I did, because I just <laughs> wrote it off and was like, this is, I don't, I, this is not for me. But it was everything I wanted and more. Can, 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 you, can you explain for people that wouldn't know, like, what's, what makes this not just anime Minecraft? Well, that's the thing. It kind of is. Okay. <laughs> but, so, the big, there's a big community focus, right? You have other characters, and you go to these different islands, um, and you have to build things for them. Because building is illegal. If you create, then you're, a, then you're an immoral monster, yeah. Because the world has been taken over by monsters who only believe in destruction. And you also get into interesting... But you can't, you can't destruct things. That's a topic of the game. Really? Yes, that is a thing that they dive into. Is like, can destruction exist without creation and vice versa? It Beautiful. gets surprisingly philosophical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, creation so, so is what, are you like? Are you like the legendary builder or something? You're a like builder, a one? and they're rounding you all up and putting you on a prison ship? Oh my god. What? Okay. Yeah. Hold but on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but your prison ship crashes, and you manage to go to other islands to learn Who how to build things. Who built the prison ship? Fuck. That's the thing. <laughs> See? And, the, and that's the other thing, right? The monsters are in decrepit things that are still built. So it's like, how do you... So, yeah. the, so, so, so they're, they're just going to like... Dec- their buildings would just decay away if they didn't have... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And if they didn't have some sort of building or structure to them. They, ta- they tackle that in the game. It's really interesting, actually. It's, it's wonderfully charming and goofy and surprisingly philosophical <laughs> in a way I wasn't expecting. Would somebody who's never played a Dragon Quest game like this game? This was my first Dragon Quest game, and okay. yes, cool. I adored that game. You did go back and play. like it's. Ba- it's it, I played it, Dragon Quest 1 on my phone. Isn't but... it tied to Dragon Quest 2? Yeah, somehow? it takes place yeah. directly after the events of Dragon Quest 2, so there's apparently like lots of little references. Um, but Dragon Quest 2 is apparently the worst Dragon Quest. Well, so. you can also, I imagine, I know this is very, um, this is a little bit reductive. I love Dragon Quest, but y- you can kind of infer most of those plot lines too, in a way. Sure, yeah. The lore yeah. changes, but you're a, you're a hero and you fight a dragon, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So. A couple dragons. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I shouldn't be shocked by the fact that there are dragons in that game, but I just went, <laughs> whoa, like for real in my head. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> how many dragons? Elder Scrolls games like ha- actually have an Elder Scroll? I guess five. All games, of them, because right? every Skyrim scroll did. you pick up is old. It's a scroll. Uh, oh, my God. You kicked true. off the show. <laughs> okay. Anyways, 
So you're you freed. You're free. You're freed from this island. Yeah, you're freed from the island. No, you're freed from, from the prison. Ship. You end up on an island, and then you have to travel around to different islands to become a master builder and teach people how to build. <laughs> of course. And one of the first islands you go to is a farming community that they poisoned the soil, and they're desperately trying to farm because they can't build or fix anything. They're getting super hyped when they get like one poisoned tomato. <laughs> um, so you have to go in and like build their community and teach them about like oh it's okay to build and then there you have some rivalry with the uh the priest of destruction who worships the god of destruction um but yeah it's really interesting and you have a friend that uh that can't build he's just incapable of building um and they wouldn't that be wouldn't that be everyone no no but he's like he watches you build and multiple times throughout the story tries to build he only breaks it other people you teach other people how to build they learn but your friend doesn't and that becomes a really interesting plot point um but yeah, I, I I adore that game. I don't think I got to talk about it on the podcast, but it is it is a wonderful game. It's probably my favorite of the year. Would you recommend it to most people, or is this kind of like a like it is it's an Alex game that could hit for you? It hit for me, but like if you like if you like sort of like the voxel based building games like Minecraft, especially if you've been like oh I wish there was more direction, you'll probably like this. Um, and if you just like cute, charming games that make you feel good, you'll like that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Janelle, what's your Minecraft Earth? That's your name, Miku's Minecraft Earth. It's her. Yeah, that for five minutes and it was trash. That game sucked. But my real one, shocked. Again, is a cheat, and you both told me I was not allowed to pick this game. That is not true. I I fully supported this pick. Um, and I remember you pulling me to the side and being like, "Whoa, I understand that this game is blah blah blah, but maybe not game of the year, right?" No, 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 no. Did I no. say that? I don't remember this. No. No, I, I, I support this, this game of the year. Whatever pick. judgment what is, is game of the year. And I have played 10 minutes of it, and I get to say that because yeah. the Yakuza games are some of the greatest games ever made, and each one that comes out is the game of that year, and I don't have to play this to know that it has every single thing I've ever wanted from a Yakuza game. But, okay, so you played 10 minutes. How much have mm-hmm. you seen? Um, a lot. A lot. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I I thought you were just saying, like, you'd never played it, you'd never seen it, you just knew you'd like it, no, which is no, like, that no, doesn't no, count. No, no. <laughs> you got to do something. You just watch, like, a trailer, and you're like, that's the one. Yeah. Boys. Like, no, 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 no. beautiful and stylish, and you can finally decorate your living space. Maybe that's the case in five or six, too, uh, but we I, haven't I, gotten there, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. But you can decorate, and I love that, and you get to be a sneaky detective, and I love that, and he's cool, and it makes me feel cool to watch it. And that's my game of the year and game of all time. Is it still the the same like combat mechanics of Yakuza? Because Yakuza is kind of like a three D brawler almost. Uh, I feel like Nolan can talk about this a little bit better than I can, but not. It's not exactly. Mm. The same it's thing. it's it's pretty similar. I mean, it's it's like they took a lot of the stuff from the Yakuza games and <laughs> like mechanically converted them to almost one to one, but then renamed them. Like you don't have heat actions anymore. Mm-hmm. You have focus actions. Focus. And if you don't have styles anymore, you have, um, I think it's maybe like disciplines or something. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure I remember. But, but you most... can like run on the wall now and mm-hmm. like kick enemies mm-hmm. with these wall climbs, which is really cool. The Yakuza games are very good at not just like giving each character Kiryu's fighting style. Okay. Like four has four different protagonists and they all fight a lot differently, even though they're all very... Like Yakuza. Are they all part of the same, like, Yakuza clan? No, no. no. They're all very um, different. Interesting. Okay. But the thing that I like about Judgment, and I think it's the same for you, Janelle, is, like, we've been playing so much, you and I, Yakuza games, where it's so focused on Kiryu. Mm -hmm. And Kiryu being the main character, he he is this, like, they they call him the Dragon of Dojima. He's this street-fighting legend. 
He's unstoppable to the point where it would almost feel like blasphemy at this point for Kiryu to be canonically defeated by anybody who wasn't also a legend. Here's the thing. If he's such a legend, why is every street gang and every group of like punk teens run up to fight him every time you go out anywhere? That's that's actually really funny because Yakuza, I think it's two, addresses that where there's a guy who is dressed just like Kiryu walking around shaking people <laughs> down for money. And he's like, I'm the dragon of Dojima. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But you know what? You're right, though. Because they know what he looks like. He has this iconic red shirt, white, uh, gray jacket combo. But, but you're right. It's like every game, all these people seem to have collective amnesia on who Kiryu is. I mean, like, he's a big, buff Yakuza guy like everyone else in that city. Like, it's mm-hmm. not too surprising. And there are a lot of guys walking around in white suits. So I don't know. I could see how, if you've only heard about him, he could do that. Yeah. And also, street rats are cocky, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Like, so I'm going to be the, the tiger yeah. of Dojima. Yeah. But in any case, though, what, what I like about this new protagonist, him him just being like a regular guy who can also fight. Uh, granted, you can still get thrown into a room with seven or eight guys and, and, and wreck them and slam a table on their head. But it doesn't feel out of place for like, OK, like early on in the game, there's a part where you're fighting a Yakuza heavy and he knocks the protagonist down on the ground and like beats the hell out of him and then threatens him with a knife. And it, it ends the fight and you you lose because you're not going to push this guy off of you while he has like seven bodyguards with guns standing around him. And then for the next couple of chapters, um, the protagonist has this huge black eye and his face is kind of bloodied around the lip. And he kind of like isn't you, you don't have a big boss fight those couple of chapters because he's down and out. He's not he's not ready for it. I like that. And if you get stabbed or shot, it actually permanently drops part of your health bar like as an injury until you can go to a doctor and get it treated away, which makes me appreciate Kiryu even more where canonically Kiryu will get hit by three or four bullets in the finale of a game and he'll he'll shrug it off and keep fighting. Kiryu is Wile E. Coyote. He just fucking takes ridiculous amounts of punishment. Right, which, which by judgment showing that a regular person cannot actually do that recontextualizes the, the Yakuza games mm-hmm. as like, okay, they're about a legendary person who, who, who acts like outside of what mortals can yeah. do. And, and other people talking about, like in Yakuza 4, Kiryu has moved away to a different, um, he's gone to Okinawa. And like Kamurocho is just in fucking turmoil. Everyone's just at, with, with, like with the dogs. Everyone's just scamming everyone for money and everyone's down and out. And they're like, well, you know, now that Kazuma Kiryu is gone, everything's gone to the lions. There's no one to look up to anymore. Like the city needs a symbol and Kiryu's going away and he's not coming back. And well, we're screwed now. So he, it, like, it's cool to see that when Kiryu isn't the focus anymore, like stuff actually changes, you know, it's, it's exciting really for good. me. Yeah. So what's, what's your number one, Nolan? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I get a feeling I know what it is, but uh, that's you. Wait, Do I you want you to guess. It's probably Death Stranding. Uh, no, that was my number two. Was it Nanny's number two? Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, hell, I don't know. It's Outer Wilds. Okay. Oh, okay, my number okay. one's Outer Wilds. Yeah. yeah. I love Outer Wilds. I rolled credits on that game, but didn't solve the mystery and then put it down for a couple weeks and then um, came home and I was bored and I picked it back up and Janelle watched me play it for like four hours while I just bull rushed into the actual true ending. Um, And we, I swear, it's like we had just gone to the theater and watched an amazing movie. Like we watched the whole credits. She hadn't even seen the rest of the game yet and and still was able to like just, we were both super emotional when it was happening. I cried. Not surprising. Yeah. Wow. I'm always crying, but... 
<laughs> always, always crying. <laughs> just a continuous stream. Beautiful. I think it's amazing. It's actually, we had to install a, a drain in the, in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's it's really wonderful, and y- you should play it. Um, and I know you are playing it. And my only advice, me as in Alex, not as in the the audience, <laughs> listeners, if you're not playing it, unsubscribe, <laughs> get off the feed. Please, 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 don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our producer says don't unsubscribe. So do with that what you will. But but um, what you will do is not is keep subscribing. What you will do is not not unsubscribe to the f- feed. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. My, okay, my only advice, don't look up the solutions to the puzzles because the satisfying thing for me was getting stuck at a roadblock and being gone for, like, days and then fi- having a revelation days later and thinking, oh, what if I go back to Giant's Deep and do that thing with the tornado? You know? That's your only hint, listeners. It, there's it, 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 an amazing feeling of satisfaction. You you will not have all the pieces when you encounter everything. It's 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 a very full picture type of thing. So basically, if you're going to play it, be patient, soak in everything. Uh, don't look up your 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 neo neo gaff game facts guide. This game was super interesting to me because when I first launched it, you start in like one area, and I was walking through like, oh, I I just got a new computer, so I'm like super amped about putting things up to to max on my graphic settings, and I was like, oh, this doesn't look very good. This looks not like what I was expecting. It looks almost cheap, you know, and then you look out and you realize, oh, this game is it's so articulately detailed. Like, the fact that they had to render every single, like, yeah. planet, you can just go between them at any time. And there's little things, too. Like, when you when you wake up, you waking up is a, is a crucial part, part yeah. of that game. You're an alien. You have four eyes. So when you wake up, you see, if you look closely, you can see four separate eyes all, all blink awake at the same mm-hmm. time. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the game design that... Um, is it is it IO Interactive uses in like the Hitman levels? It's all very clockwork. Mm-hmm. Like everything is moving on a schedule, and it's independent of you, and it doesn't give a damn whether you're seeing it happen or not. But it is all happening, and I think what you're saying is that's part of why the game looks a little bit cheap because they're running like nine yeah, planets. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, all at once, and that you can just go yeah. to them and do whatever with them. And I I'm I'm sure graphically it's like coaling stuff, but everything is, it's reliant on everything happening. It's insane. Yeah, and so it's this big, like, clockwork puzzle box where everything in the universe is pulling on something else, and um, you're having to figure out over hours and hours, what's the big picture? Like, how does every piece of this puzzle on these nine or ten different planets all interact to to form the the way forward here? Mm. And it's... um. You have, an really entire solar, you have an entire solar system that you can just, like, interact with. It's, it's astounding. <laughs> Granted, a very cartoon solar system where it's like Mario Galaxy. Oh, planets, sure, but, but, like, <laughs> but, but still, just the scale of this game is astounding. Yeah. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you guys have a favorite game that you played in 2019 that isn't one of your top games of the year? Like Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> I played through, uh, and I didn't get to talk about this on the podcast, uh, Jedi Fallen Order recently actually yeah I, I liked that game a lot it would probably be somewhere on my list definitely not top five but i did enjoy that game it was a very fun little experience it taught me after after so many recent misses it taught me star wars has the potential to be good mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's got the potential it's uh somewhere it's somewhere it's somewhere mm-hmm. i'll tell you what it's not in is in the newest movie hey i'm gonna say i'm gonna say snatcher no, okay. sorry, not Snatcher. Police Knots. I get them mixed up. I played Police Knots, like, not not all of it. Enough of it to go, yeah, that's um, 
That's definitely Police Knots. <laughs> I got my. Oh, feel. everyone's favorite game that we all know so much about that came out in the states, Police Knots. Um, okay, Police Knots is a visual novel on the Sega Saturn. No, sorry, on the on the PC ninety eight uh, by by Hideo Kojima, creator of the Metal Gear Solid series, oh and um, it's it never came out in English in America, um, but officially, it's, but it's technically it is it is canonically tied to the Metal Gear games. Um, it's the first appearance of Meryl, who was a, a big Wait, really? character. In uh, yeah, Meryl was in was in Police Knots first. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, the like Fox unit is in the glossary, and they mentioned that like oh, back in the late '90s, the Fox unit uh, had this incident in Zanzibar Land, and <laughs> so but it was made before Metal Gear Solid. So it's like he he had been building this lore library, and it, I, I I've heard that even maybe Snatcher is actually somewhat connected, but um. In any case, I played enough of it to go, yeah, this is a 90s visual novel and it's got some real Japanese anime bullshit. But I had a good time with what I, with what I played. I, I, like, I like diving into games and playing them that are old like that, that aren't necessarily... How do I put this? That game doesn't hold up very well. It's, it's, it's not something that I would recommend you play in 2020. However, I have an interest in going back and playing things sort of like, I don't know what's the best word, like like... Kind of like academically, which I'm not. No, I, that's, that sounds too airy. But just like, oh, this is a cool thing. This is what games were like back in the day, and playing it on um, that term, almost like flipping open an old book and reading ten pages and going, yeah, that's interesting. How they used to make books back then. Not going to read the rest of that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I did with Police Knots. It was a good. It was a good experience. Yeah, yeah I would. I would put that there. So Andy, uh, I'm sorry, Add that out. Our friend who put MGS on her list. There you go. Mine aren't super. I've talked about mine like a dozen times. I played Red Dead and Yakuza Zero in 2019. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I mean, I the 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 uh, judgment conversation was basically a Yakuza conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because they all tie in together, so it can't not be. Mm-hmm. But outside of those, I played this visual novel called Butterfly Soup early in the year. Huh. It's written. It's made by I think her name's Brianna Lee. I don't think she's really made many other games, but it's about a group of. Asian American high school girls just trying to figure out their sexual identities and who they are and their family lives. And it's really cute and really good. And I'm obsessed with it. Interesting. Yeah, it's really good. And it's free if you don't want to pay for it, but you should on Itch.io. Mm, okay. So, What's it called? Butterfly Soup? Butterfly Soup. And I think she's making a second one. And I'm very excited for that. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll have that. Is it a, uh, a pretty lengthy thing? Or is it no, kind of the typical Itch.io, like two hour? It's pretty short. One stop yeah, pop. It's not like, you know, a lot of the dialogue is pretty cheesy, granted. Sure. And it's not like the greatest visual novel she's not listening to this it's okay but it's just it makes you feel really good and it's really cool to but see the, 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 the creator of Butterfly <laughs> so I can say that the writing is a little what if she is mm-hmm. let me pull up a Twitter account real quick then release your second game <laughs> but um like the writing can be a little bit cheesy but I think it's charming because it's just a bunch of teenagers right and like it's really cool to see a story that isn't about just white kids or like white person with gun and weapon or like set in Tokyo those are always like the two so it's really cool to see this other perspective and I loved that that's the two genres white man with gun or set in Tokyo yep what was that and that's Red Dead 2 and Yakuza 0 right there what was that tweet (laughs) that made the rounds that games can be categorized into three categories um Straight, man shoot straight gun. male protagonist or political no 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 it's uh, well that but but uh, it's like uh, man shoot gun sword weapon metaphor for depression and Nintendo are your three categories oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like Nico Bellic or female protagonist but the but the game is a metaphor for menopause or something it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like 
a female protagonist, we got to get the writers in here and figure out what... How to write one. What's our social statement, boys? Like, <laughs> I still hate video games. Uh, I hate video games, too. Speaking of how much I hate video games, yeah. Nolan, what's the... 2020 Sonic Initiative that I've heard about. Oh my oh god! My don't. God. Why oh did you? God. Don't give him that platform. <laughs> uh, if, okay, if you 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 can't see us in this room, but I am wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt right it's your now. Degenerate loser. I got it for. You got it. For I him. got it for Christmas. That's true. I did you. buy it from him. <laughs> Alex and I have a thing where every holiday that involves gift giving, we give each other something Sonic related, and so I don't even know anymore if I like Sonic. But I, I, somewhere deep inside me, I must be a Sonic fan because I have such a massive pile of inane, like, like random Sonic bullshit in my closet tucked away somewhere that I don't even know what's in there anymore. You are a massive Sonic fan because every time I'm like, there's never been a good Sonic the Hedgehog game, you <laughs> always come back at it. Okay, but I love the Sega Genesis Sonic games, but I don't like almost any of them. Like, Sonic stopped being good with Adventure Battle 2. Sonic was, was the never last good. Good Sonic game, and then Generations. Alex, you're insane. It was never good. Sonic was good. Crash Bandicoot was good. That was Sonic also not good. good. Sega does what Nintendo don't, and Sega did what Nintendo didn't. Nintendo did <laughs> make good games for the most part. I can't say the same for Sega. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sega made Yakuza. They made Yakuza. They, but they, well, they, yeah, they, published. they published Yakuza. They published. Well, oh, they I didn't make it. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, I mean, that's kind of like yeah. a murky thing, right? Because Sega made any, Sonic, but like yeah, Team yeah. Sonic made Sonic. You know, we got like thirty yeah. minutes. We should read some news. I'm, that's what I'm asking about. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah, this yeah, new yeah, thing? Yeah. That's uh, the Sonic oh, Initiative. Right. So Team Sonic came out here and said that 2020. They're doing this Year of Luigi thing. Okay, they're gonna do the Sonic Initiative, where the 20th day of every month is going to have new Sonic news, and so far. In January, on January 20th, the first of the 12 Sonic Initiative holidays, they're national holidays, I'm deciding that, we got the announcement of the Sonic Initiative. <laughs> that was that. That was the news. That doesn't count. That was the news. It does to them. So yeah, if the rumors are true and the PS5 gets revealed on February 15th, we'll expand on that later, then but... that's only five days before they reveal the PS5's biggest launch game, Sonic Sonic Next. Sonic or Zero. Sonic Zero. Zero. That's got to exist. Every game or it'll just deserves a zero on Metacritic. But since it's coming out in 2020, it's okay that they're naming it that. Yeah. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Sonic the Hedgehog is releasing on Valentine's Day, the movie, the hit, the hit film. It's coming out on Valentine's Day. For a long time, me and Janelle were like, we can't go see Sonic on Valentine's Day because we have to spend Valentine's Day. Cowards. But then, but then I realized we live in the year 2020, the year of our Lord. And what I realized is what that means is that when a movie comes out on Valentine's Day, it comes out on February 13th at 5 p.m. Ooh. I am going to the opening showing, <laughs> and I cannot wait, and I'm wearing this T-shirt, and it's going to be a shit movie. It's going to be a nightmare. And I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to get whatever the bad, like, Sonic-themed margarita is at Regal Cinemas, and I'm going to go all Get, in. like, five of those. I certainly will. And that's... That's happening in a few weeks, and you'll hear about that, I'm sure, <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's going to be episode 21, probably. The Sonic, the movie episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, it's not a Valentine's Day. Can I come with you guys? Yeah. You should. Yeah, All right, cool. Should. Let's have it be a podcast. Listeners, thing. email us. <laughs> RSVP to the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> watch party. We're going to fill up a row. We'll put a little reserve <laughs> sign for you. So, so okay, that's, that's, the, that's the Sonic initiative. Do, do you think that the Sonic Initiative, I'm making a segue here, will will, will come with news of a Sonic PS5 game? No. 
No. They'll put a Sonic game on PS5 eventually, but it's not going to be like a launch title. That's not going to be their their strong suit because it's going to be multiplat. What if that is the? What if it's only Godfall and Sonic 2020? <laughs> what if that's the only PS5 launch title? So only Godfall because Sonic 2020 would be on other consoles. Um, Unless you're saying that they would get the exclusive. They get the exclusive right there. It's, like, it's a Sony franchise now. I'll still yeah. be buying it day one, unfortunately. No, they need to be on every platform they possibly can because Sonic sales have got to be dwindling by now. I mean, you know that there are people who will always buy every Sonic game, but that's not a big number of people that's anymore. two people. It's like two people. That's yeah. no one and his friend. It's me. Yeah, it's me and my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, honestly. I'm not going to buy it because I know that I'll get it for Christmas from Alex. <laughs> I got I'm Sonic not going to buy you a $60 video game for Christmas. It'll get the fuck out of here. Like plastic wrapped copy of Sonic Forces. Because it was $20 on clearance. <laughs> okay. You know what? It counts. It's wrapped in plastic. It's new to me. So you keep mentioning this, this PS5. Yeah, this PS5. Yeah. Do we want to elaborate on that? Yeah. We, yeah. we do. It's, okay, uh, Nolan. Uh, there's, there's, there's rumors. The rumor mill is a light. That, it's turning. Uh, it's the rumor mill's turn. Well, yeah, you, yeah, right. We got yeah. some fresh uh, rumor flour that's been ground up. I'm making some fresh rumor bread. Delicious. For you to eat, listener. So what's on the rumor toast today? What's on our nice, what we can put in our rumor sandwich? Okay, so there is a well-known Russian leaker who whose name I am struggling to remember. Um, <laughs> email us his name. No, <laughs> and anyways, he has a history of being pretty accurate. And he said that Sony is going to be unveiling the PS5 in February. And he accompanied that leak with a list of specs that have been trickling out as time goes on and features tied to it. Um, and initially, it was it was one of those things where it, you, it could be true, it could be total bunk. Yeah. But one of the details he put in his list was that the new uh, – the, the, the slogan – for the PlayStation would no longer be the best place to play. They were going to transition into it's time to play. And pretty contemporaneous with him saying that, I think the PlayStation Europe or UK account on Twitter, Mm -hmm. one of them changed their bio and they they, they swapped their motto and made it it's time to play. And um, so that kind of, that either stealth confirms his leak or it's a social media manager being cheeky and packing up their office boxes now and heading home. Or what we see really often when people have leakers is they have one piece of information and they just bullshit up the rest of it so they can fluff it out, you know? Maybe that's all he found out. Maybe he was talking with his his European marketing friend and was like, <laughs> just, he just meant, yeah, yeah, he just mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of rumors about the, the PS5 for a while and a lot mm-hmm. of different things. So I'm just wondering what makes this, in your opinion, like that's 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 not a bad like lead to suggest. Oh, this is a this is a big thing. But what what's what do you think makes this credible? Um, to be honest, I don't necessarily want to say that I think this is credible. I I hope it is because if it's going to be announced on February fifteenth, which is the current um the current idea, I mean that that'd be great. I would love I would love for Sony to make that power move to come out months before E three and show all of their PS5 info and give a release date and a price and go, yeah, so Microsoft won't be talking to you for, like, four months. Well, have, they already revealed fun. their Xbox, didn't they? Yeah, but they didn't say anything about it. That's true. It's Xbox Series X that exists. It's a box. It has an X on it. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that, there's no, 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 no number attached. It's modular. You can put a new CPU in it if you want. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> Coward, you won't. Sony not being at E3 again. 
ever. That's right. I and forgot about that. Probably yeah. ever. Please do something, <laughs> Sony. I need it. I need it. Um, I don't know. Like, wouldn't February be a really good time to announce your console and then do your own thing closer to E3 and talk about your games? Yeah, February is garbage month. That's where you push everything. So they're gonna, that you don't care about. So either they are not expecting much, which isn't likely, or they're hoping to like dominate the news cycle. If that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the thing. It's it's kind of that's that's why I think it's a power play because there's not nothing to report on in February. My crazy fan theory. I have a new theory. Okay. okay. It right. Just it just came to me. It, they're gonna just drop it in like March and no. What day is Final Fantasy coming out? April. Uh, oh, it got delayed though. Third. I forget. It got delayed because it's actually going to be a launch title for the oh, PS4. Oh, that made people so mad. And it'll just come out, and it'll be really good. It'll be on PS4, too. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, it's going to come out. Well, the PS5 is going to come out during the holiday. It has to. No. That's when consoles drop. Time. No, I mean, I mean. Things change. When did the Switch <laughs> What if they delay out? Final Fantasy VII to, like, November just for this? <laughs> the Switch came out. Um, March. Was it March? Yeah, March? March. March 17th. Wow, yeah. that's a weird uh, time it was, to drop. It was massively successful. Yeah. That's true. I think that... I don't know. I don't have anything to back this up or any data with me, so maybe I should have thought this out more. But <laughs> I think that, I don't know, people are starting to realize that maybe just dropping all of the stuff at the same time as everybody else every year isn't necessarily the best idea. People always say that games are going to come out during certain parts of the year, but, like, why not? That's when people are going to want to buy games and new consoles, right? Like, Sure. But I have to imagine that the, the peak time is the holidays. So even if it's, like, a fight and struggle to get noticed... That's probably still profitable for them. I mean, that's peak time. But if you're releasing a console a few months early, people are still going to want to get their kids the new PlayStation for the holidays. Yeah, and 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 I and I get what you're saying. Like, if everything comes out in one or two months, then that the people, the people, video games aren't people. Neither are gamers. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> the the games that climb to the top of the totem pole are going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. But um, if you don't, you know, get that coveted spot you're gonna you're gonna sink below so if you're releasing in a in like a more empty period it might be you might get lucky and have people go yeah i can afford a ps5 right now i i i'll be able to get that and then i'll still have the rest of the year before i have to have money for christmas time and and um they'd probably do that thing too where they advertise it on black friday but they don't actually price drop it Right, and then you can come out at the reveal event, and you can announce launch games, mm-hmm. and you can have that be your holiday rush. You know, go Crash Bandicoot next, <laughs> releasing October thirtieth. What, what are you they go. doing next? Um, I just think that's funny because it's like that's what's happening. I mean, we're we're gonna get this next gen. It happens every time next gen happens. No, no, but the games, this and Sonic, were both next. Yeah, because every time next gen happens, you you like reboot the you reboot your franchise. Oh, sure. Yeah. You call it like you know Jack and Daxter Reload. Well, that was on the PS two also, but. <laughs> Jack and Daxter Reloaded or Crash Bandicoot, you know. It, <laughs> I, my favorite is Red Faction Gorilla, the remastered trilogy. I love that but one. That's not yeah. even a next-gen thing. But, um, you know, or you get rid of the numbers altogether. Sonic the Hedgehog. And then people have to put their they own number that, on it though. later. I know, but That's what's what stopping earlier. them from doing it again? It's 2020. <laughs> you can do that again now, and it's fine. This is your chance. It's been 14 years since Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's been, like... 30 since Sonic the Hedgehog. It's time for a new Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah? Speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, again. <laughs> oh, God. Really quickly, I wanted to go back to Sega. Well, uh-huh. it's still relevant. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're trying to save our planet like most people should. And I guess they announced that Sega Europe is going to be abandoning their plastic packaging and putting their computer games in boxes. Yeah. Again, that's good. Which is very cool. Which so, is like how computer games used to be packaged. Yeah, in. like the good old days. So thank you, Sonic, for saving our planet. <laughs> 
and Kiryu Kazuma. Yeah. Sonic didn't do shit. It was all Kiryu. Yeah, that's true. They've been talking about global warming in 4 a little bit, so thanks, Kiryu. It's, it's such a weird childish way of talking about global warming though like you collect trash around the city and you turn it in for green points <laughs> and then you and then you get you get like health potions and weapons there's there's, this, there's literally a guy in the sewers whose name is the mean green machine or something <laughs> like the the green crusader really good. and uh he just gives you a points card and he's like Bring me your trash and turn it into cash. And then I you gotta do be honest. That and it's great. What you're describing sounds like what uh, a, yak- a like high F Yakuza member who has no doesn't care about the environment would think. It's like, oh, you know, I just gotta recycle things once in a while. Yeah, Italian, but I'm in Japan. Yeah, give me your trash and I'll throw them in this big river, this big sewer river behind me, and then no one will ever think about it again. I'm saving the earth. And also the materials respawn, so he's like, don't worry, even if you pick up litter, somebody will come back and litter there again. It's just a fucking drop in the bucket, enough, dude! It never goes away. It always comes back. Like <laughs> Sonic, kind of. Like yeah, Sonic. like Sonic. Every and month like Sonic. this year. And like Sonic, we need to make some serious changes to get rid of it. We so do. I like what uh, do. Sega's doing. Okay, we don't have a ton of time left, but before we go, really quick, back to the PS5 thing. Oh, sure. I want to talk about the features that the guy actually... Oh, uh, yeah. I can't believe we glossed over those. Yeah. yeah um, I think those are those are important here. Okay. So the big thing is... One of the rumors is that uh, it will be backwards compatible with the PS4 and that the controllers will also be backwards compatible. And I guess... I don't even know what you'd call this. Forwards compatible? You can use... It. They're doing that Nintendo thing. You can bring a PS4 controller up to a PS5 and vice versa. You can play a PS5 controller on the PS4... Okay. Apparently all your PS4 discs will work on the PS5, and you can also transfer your digital downloads over, too, so they're going to try and unify that. Um, yeah. All there was a rumor a while – sorry, really quick. There was a rumor a while ago about that being fully backwards compatible. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that would make me really excited if that was true. That, from what I hear, is is still in the cards. And by fully backwards compatible, I'm talking like you can play every PlayStation game from PS1 upwards to now 5. On on one system, like that sounds that sounds nice. I still have my copy of Frogger for the PS One, and if I could play that on my PS Five as a grown up, oh my god, oh my god, you guys, game of Frogger the year on the PS One, baby. That would be my game of the year, twenty twenty. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we're changing the rules. It can be from anywhere here you want now. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm picking Frogger from the arcade. Yeah. I, yeah. Buy one, set it up in my living room. But the other thing is uh, that apparently. They're going to... Okay, so the thing is, Microsoft has always had the most powerful console, but the worst third-party support. Um, it's it's looking like, according to these leaks also, that the only component of the PS5 that will be inferior to the Xbox uh, Series X is going to be the, the, um, the, gra- the graphics processor. That everything else will be... Which kind of seems like the one you'd want to... To have superior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, faster but, uh, load times are a big thing that everyone's clamoring for now. So, I, I mean, that, and, and that's why I kind of think it makes sense because when they when they showed this to Wired, they didn't talk about the graphics. Remember back in the what was like oh, six, six yeah. months ago? They showed, I think we did a podcast on this. Yeah, they had the Spider Man demo where they were like, "Look at him! He goes across all of New York in 0.2 seconds, and no, no, no you know, load times, no, no pop ins. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, what's the what's the Sony guy's name who was getting all? Oh God, I don't excited. remember. Doesn't matter. Listeners, email us the Sony guy's name. <laughs> Tim Sony. Yeah, That's Tim right. Sony Tim himself. Sony. Right. Tim Cook, the owner of Sony. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's the man. So um, I think the last thing I want to ask, is there any features we haven't heard about that you want PS5 to have? Other than backwards compatibility? Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, that's Same. the big one. I want the light bar to stay 
on the controller. I like the light bar. I like the light bar. I want grippier thumbsticks. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I have to sometimes use two hands to turn because they're I can't grip it. You're, because of your little you're, baby you're, hands? Or is it like just soft uh, thumbs? They slip. My hands are too soft. <laughs> sometimes I'll be like riding a horse and I'll have to like push up but also like hold it because I just can't right and sometimes <laughs> also when you're playing a video game and a horse is involved that's you have yeah, to push true. up that's and true. hold it I have to push on the horse I guess that is what I meant huh well just like Janelle's pushing on the horse we're going to push to the end of the podcast so that's thank right. you for listening that's right this has been the Emerald Games cast I have been Nolan uh, I'm Alex Crash Bandicoot. And that's not who you are. I'm Janelle. If you have the Dragon of Dojima. A question for Crash Bandicoot, the Dragon of Dojima, Janelle, Alex, or I, all five of us will be here <laughs> next week. Please send anything that you want us to talk about or whatnot to emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. And um go uh go I don't know. Go play a Yakuza game. Go play Outer Wilds. Go play Outer Wilds. The Emerald Games got the official game of the year. Heard of your first, folks. Dragon Quest Builders 2 is good, too. You can play that if you want. Bye-bye.